Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this, talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Welcome back to Awkward Sex in the City. It is most likely Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday or Tuesday. Whenever the fuck you listen, thank you for downloading. This is not a solo episode. I do have a guest and this episode is filled with sex and I fucking love it. And I think you're going to love it. And I'm not even going to do any intro about what is in this episode because I don't want to ruin any of the fun. I was laughing the whole time while recording and I think you're going to have a great fucking time listening to it. I do want to announce that next Awkward Sex and City at Littlefield in New York City is June 18th at Littlefield at 8 p.m. Tickets will be available uh, through littlefield.com, through awkwardsexandthecity.com, or through this podcast that you just clicked on. Go look. It will be live streamed and also uh, in person seating. Yes. And New York City has gone from zero to 100. So way more people are allowed in. And I would love to fucking have you there. I'm super excited. We have Jen Keefe, who is part of the touring company, Sydney Washington, who's fucking hilarious. And Gabe Gonzalez, who also fucking hilarious. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait to have you guys there. I am so excited to intro the guest on today's episode of Awkward Sex. It is one of my favorite people in the world, Jeffrey Marks. He is truly one of the only reasons I still have Facebook because his Facebook is so fucking funny. And he asked that we all follow him on Instagram at Jeffrey Marks the Spot. Marks M-A-R-X, like Karl Marx. Jeffrey Marks the Spot. It's a great fucking episode. You're gonna have a fucking blast. See you on the other side. saying last night that you are in new like sex exploration or like someone new we i'm telling you right now i don't know what the straights are doing or the (laughs) non-gays are doing out there in the world but the gays are having a renaissance right now it's it is it is memorial day weekend is was it (laughs) (laughs) and it started on monday monday of memorial day weekend through tuesday and I've been recovering ever since. Oh, my God. I love this. Uh, I went to Memorial Day party and it got featured on WY and no WNYC for like a minute. And the lady was like, this party's too intense. Like there is just this like energy that everyone's like, I must do everything. I must be a part of everything. Yeah, it really, it, you know, it's really it's really fascinating because so the month of May, May 1st, Saturday, May 1st was my two week mark after my second shot of the uh, vaccination. And I immediately went to Palm Springs, land of gay sex in America. And um, we celebrated, will be the way I talk about it now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And all month long has really been this unraveling march 
towards sexual normal normalcy and um there really has been it's been a breakneck speed even for the gays i believe uh like we're just like it feels like we're in the matrix and bullets are just <laughs> flying by us and we're like bending backwards and floating in the air and like just come left and right it's really just a, it's a lot but like in a good way but like in a way that i also need to schedule in like a day to truly do nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, same. And I don't know about you. I've noticed that like my tolerance for alcohol in settings, like group settings is really low. And I'm very surprised because I drink a lot during the pandemic. So, mm. but like I was, we did something Saturday night and I was out all Sunday. Like I could not move until like 5 PM. I was so hungover. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I did the opposite. I did not drink a lot during the pandemic because I noticed it did something different to me chemically in my blood with all the stress and anxiety that we, we were adding onto our bodies. Mm-hmm. It did not feel good. It did not feel fun. It took extra drinks to get even kind of tipsy. So I just, I switched right to good old weed. I became a stoner during the pandemic. So uh, I went through edibles, vapes, sprinkle candy, like drinks, whatever it was. So now that I'm coming back into the world, uh, (laughs) like a debutante (laughs) ball, um, I've, I've tried to be drinking with friends out at bars and stuff in our little groups and reconnecting. And honestly, it just isn't doing it for me. I also, side note, in January, just before the insurrection, I found out um, that I was diabetic because I had gotten COVID for the second time and it ignited a bunch of dormant diabetic issues that I did not know I had. So so b- since then, I've been gone on diabetic medication and, I, and I've gotten it all way down. It's all very manageable. Uh, but I am still on some medication, and I think that inter- interacts with alcohol differently, too. Mm. The Jeff Marks of the before times is not the same Jeff Marks from the after times. Jeff Marks in the after times is a huge hothead. <laughs> well, uh, welcome back to New York, where it's legal. Yes. Oh, that's right. Did that happen while this past year? That was new, right? That was like last month or something. And it was just like, yeah, now wherever you can smoke uh, a cigarette, you can now smoke weed. I love it. That's been one of my bonuses for living out in California. When people ask me, "Do you like, do you like New York or Los Angeles better?" Uh, uh, Now I really just don't answer the question because it's stupid. Um, But but one of my pros has always been, "Well, you can smoke weed wherever you want in California." Do you miss New York at all? You know, I miss my New York for when it was awesome uh, in my life. Uh, I mean, I was out there for twelve years, so. There was a lot of good, amazing things there. I, at one point in the last like four years, did come back to New York because there was a point where Los Angeles clearly communicated to me, uh, Jeffrey Marks, you're done here. We don't know if it's forever, but you're done. So I, I did go back to New York. I tried to start over again in New York. It just wasn't the same. It wasn't, it didn't hit, it didn't happen. I couldn't find work like I wanted. I was. I went back to not work in television and instead only found work in television, which has still led me to where I am today. So, you know, talk about the long road around. That's the story of my life. But everything kind of happens for a reason. And I'm and now when people ask me that stupid question, you like Los Angeles or New York better? My my simple answer is, well, I work in Los Angeles, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm totally one of those people that ask because I'm such a snob. I'm like, mm. but does it have the grit? Does it have like the the sadness that New York has that keeps you grounded? No, no. it's uh, here's the here's here's the fallacy in asking that question is that truly they're both such different cities that there really is the only common denominator between them is lots of people live there. That's it. Lots of <laughs> liberal, lots of liberal leaning. Uh, City folk live in both cities, but they're so wildly different. And to me, the cornerstone really is, for me, the two are sex and, and and how I'm having sex. And then also transportation is wildly different and shapes the culture in both cities. Mm-hmm. So, but, but they're just so different. I just, you really can't compare them. I, I think the social nature in Los Angeles, specifically Los Angeles, does have a little bit of a, what can you do for me sheen? that Ooh. I always find exhausting. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've thought I found a new best friend or a new third best friend, sister, Judy girl out in Los Angeles and somewhere down the road. That's not what it is. And and I'm a pretty good judgment of person and very perceptive. And I would think I would be able to see that stuff coming ahead of time, but it's not the case. I would rather stick with the good old fashioned New York City Tell, tell, tell it like you mean it. I love you. I hate you. We know where each other stand. Let's go to get drinks, even if you're my sister's boyfriend that I hate. You know, like, <laughs> and, and, you know, and all the cultures collide and you turn a, a street block corner in one direction and you're in an entirely different land there. So I, I appreciate and respect New York. When people ask me where I'm from out here, I usually just say, Oh, I lived in Brooklyn for 12 years. That's kind of my answer. Because <laughs> I feel like I, I have East Coast blood in me now, even though I'm not from there originally. I lived there 12 years. That's where I became a an adult human being. So Yeah, totally. Do you think that the, the sex is different in LA and New York? And we can also totally drop this because you're like, this is the dumbest thing in the world. Oh, <laughs> no. No, I mean, no, as it relates to sex, sure. No, this is great. Um, uh, so, so yeah, for me and my journey, it is definitely different. Uh, so in New York, I was uh, traditionally uh, a top. I was traditionally with other chubby dudes, sometimes some down low black chasers in the area. Uh, but that was really my bread and butter sexually. I also, it took me a long time as I started becoming a developed sexual person in New York to realize that just because you're a a fat person doesn't mean that only fat people are attracted to you. Um, And that was like a little bit of a learning curve for me early in my New York city career. So when I came out to California, um, which I, which I'm now on the third time I've done that, that, that finally I think has stuck uh, despite the pandemic. Uh, And so now when I come out to California, there is, there is instantly a, more body positive vibe in my opinion out here or at least when at the time when i moved out here there was a way more gay centered body positive fat people are awesome bear kind of culture that was very more visible here in california and i think there's a little bit of a counterculture too because california and again especially los angeles is very steeped in um you know how you look? Are you going to yoga? Are you eating gluten free? Uh, you know, like oh, what what? My agent said I need to lose ten pounds. You know, like, and from that, 
kind of hyper awareness of our bodies in Los Angeles and to look a certain way in regards to the standards of beauty, both straight and not straight. But because of that, there's like a kickback that happens and there's a whole lot of gay dudes who are not only genuinely interested in fucking fat people, but are also just willing to try. Maybe it's not their immediate go-to, but with the right personality and the right circumstances, you know, I've, I've reined in some trade. I didn't think it could rein in, <laughs> in in another lifetime. So I, I think that for me, there's definitely the, the sex in California is way better, way more plentiful, way more options, way more spontaneous. Uh, I don't have to deal with a secretive, you know, down low type of person, uh, which for me was always complicated in New York. So, uh, so yeah, so I, a plus in, in the evolution of Jeffrey's sexual, uh, life for sure. in, in terms of the cities. I'm very surprised to hear that too, that it would be like secretive in New York where I feel like everyone just like wears everything on their sleeves. Like this is it X, Y, and Z. And like, yeah, with the whole got to look a certain way, have to have a certain blonde, certain tan, certain this, certain that, that it would be, I would assume more judgment for bodies in LA. So I'm really glad to hear that. And also New York needs to step our game up, especially when we're like, the city that never sleeps, like we're fucking left and right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, I've gone to many, a uh, queer themed, uh, party rooftop sexual extravaganza in New York. And I, while I always felt included in, into a queer community there, uh, which, which I think the diversities of which definitely stand out more in New York, I never really had what I felt was like the sexual revolution for Jeffrey Marks. I mean, I definitely was like, you know, medium grade getting laid, you know, how I wanted to. Uh, lots of times in New York, though, like, um, I w- we would be getting naked and we both had said we were versatile. And then the next thing you know, I'm just kind of the forced top or, you know, like the assumed top once once everyone's clothes are off. Uh, whereas in, in California, that's not the case. Everyone, everyone's doing everything back and forth. <laughs> like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it, that's an interesting observation in the two cities for sure. Interesting. That's, yeah, that's really, really interesting. And so you were saying since like May 1st, it's been like this like debutante coming out, walking down the stairs with the, um, the, like the lace gloves. Have you done anything new that you were like, oh, I never thought I would do this? Well, okay. So there was, yes. Okay. <laughs> so I have. I I have taken a few dinner dates off of the apps like Growler or Scruff or whatever. And um, I, there was one guy, you know, so throughout the pandemic, everyone's go-to is like Instagram, sexting, you know, DMing. There, we all kind of built some sort of weird sexual relationships online well, from the comfort of our living rooms. And one of the guys that always came up on my stuff, but I was so bored that I never like blocked him. I never like treated him disrespectful. I never like, I, for, oh God, <laughs> I never like poo pooed his like thing. And, and because I was bored and I was interested and I was just like, wow, this is fascinating. You know, part of my job as a, I do, I'm a casting producer. So I love talking to people and finding out their stories and their backgrounds. So I, so there's this guy who we were having normal 
sexting conversation. And then literally in the middle of it was like, um, how, how loud do you fart? And I, I was like, oh, and I just literally went with it. I was like, oh, I mean, so on, a, on, a, on a regular night, like pretty loud. I'm a loud farter. And he's like, what would, you, what would you say if I wanted to jack off on you while you sat on the toilet and I could hear you poop and I could hear you just shit in that bowl? And I was like, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I've never done that, but I want to, whatever makes you, whatever makes you get off, I want to serve you. I want to make you happy. So like, I'm now in this psychosexual poop themed, like sext, sexting uh, dick deep in the pandemic. Well, anyway, this <laughs> month, this month he messaged me, hey, I want to take you out for dinner. And so we went out for dinner at this restaurant that I have been meaning to go to in Burbank. It's called the Talleyrand. It's a very old school 50s comfort food diner. He's like, eat the beans. Well, he asked me ahead of time. You're not wrong. You have good instincts, Natalie. He asked me ahead of time, what kind of food makes your belly gurgle? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love this so much. And I said, well, you know, I, I steak. Steak does that. Like, meat. I'm not a big meat eater. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and he was like, oh, for, like, moral reasons? I go, no, I just, I'm just not into it in general. I mean, I'll have a hamburger once in a while, but that's it. And he was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, he got hot over just talking about hamburgers. And so he ordered me a steak sandwich at this comfort food diner, like, and it was super cute. He, like, he, like, took control of the menu. He read it to me. He went over the options. He ordered for me. It was, like, it actually, without the poop being part of the background of all of this, mm -hmm. it actually would have been a cute little date. And I was very good talking. It was fun to, like, talk to another human being in person, a stranger who was sexually attracted to me. And let's, you know, so by the end of the date, and I had just gotten into a car accident, like, two weeks earlier, so my back was still hurting. And I had woven that into the conversation because I knew I was going to use that as my out uh -huh. at the end of the date. Um, and he walked me to my car. I was like, I'd love to uh, hang out later. What are you doing now? And I was like, well, actually, you know, my back is kind of hurting. He's like, well, you can just sit on the toilet and I'll do all the rest. And you were like, yes. I was, and I, and, and my natural instinct for, and curiosity in knowing people and finding out their stories ended right there. I did not, <laughs> I did not take him up on his offer, although he was very excited to jack off on someone who was pooping. Um, and I did not fulfill that fantasy for him, but that's probably the weirdest thing of the month as far as things I have not done before is, and now I get made fun of by my roommate all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, obviously, like, I'm a very, like, fecal-friendly person. I talk about poop and farting all the time, but I have to admit, like, if that was an option or if someone wanted me to do that for them, I think I would get performance anxiety. Like, I think all of a sudden I wouldn't be able to poop or to fart. Like, I think there's there's a lot of pressure in that, especially as, like, the first thing you guys are doing together sexually is, like, one person's jacking off and one person's pooping. Like, that's, that's a lot. Like, that is asking a, a stranger a lot. A, a lot very of them. Very unique combo. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a very specific thing, especially for someone who's still technically a stranger. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, here's the thing. I know I gave him amazing Instagram DM sex, like deep in October of 2020. Like I, I went, I went full ham. I'm into this fantasy. I mean, literally 
Should I pull up some of this, the sample? Would you oh want to? Is it yes. too much for people? Oh my god, not okay. at all, not at all. I, let me let me go ahead and read a couple <laughs> lines because I, let me pull it up because it's truly genuinely worth it. Um, <laughs> and again, let me preface this by saying we had normal chit chat for a really long time on here, and then uh, and you know he was like regular handsome. I could tell his photos were like eight years old, you know, I can just mm-hmm. tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, nice, uh, normal level, attractive, like not hot, not cute, but not ugly. Okay, so we unlock our photos for each other, all right? And he's like, wow, tall and big boy, so hot, 6'4", stud, you're sexy as heck. All right, so I already love that he's using the word heck. <laughs> oh, oh, shucks, thanks. I want to rub your sexy belly and kiss it. Uh, beautiful cock BTW. Thank you. I'd let you do both of those things. So I'm used to my belly being, you know, somewhat fetishized or being a focal point. Mm-hmm. It does nothing for me, but if it gets the other person off, I'm fine. You can touch and rub my belly. Mm-hmm. So that was not weird for me just yet. He goes, I must. So, so literally this is like two hours later after that exchange, he goes, I must say though, I especially like rubbing your belly after a meal that makes it gurgle and bubble up loudly. <laughs> What foods do that to you? <laughs> oh, my God. Answer. Hmm. Maybe like a steak? I don't eat tons of red meat, and that sometimes does it. Grr. My kinky mind wanders. Hot. Uh, we should get naked someday. I'd tell you more, but I'm shy. I don't want to scare you. Well, I'm not easily scared, but tell me or be secret. Either way, up to you. And then I did like a devil face emoticon to be encouraging. You know, I mm-hmm. again on a couch i've watched everything on netflix this is what i'm doing after you eat all your belly after you eat all that your belly bubbles and you need to use the bathroom and just destroy the bowl explosively i want to jerk off all over you not into scat or anything but the explosive sounds turn me on huge bowl plastering sharks lol i picture your beefy ass on the toilet doing that (laughs) While I shoot my load all over you or while you're sucking me off. Will beef do that to you or something else? Answer. Totally beef. I want to do whatever makes you horny, man. OMG, that's so hot, stud. All caps. I bet a guy your size just destroys it. Tell me, stud. Oh, I have the loudest, deepest farts, man. Like a cave of echoes. Oh, baby, that's so hot. Slide your cock down my throat and pump your load in my face. As my ass flaps scream. Is this too much? Are we digging this? Oh my this? gosh. I I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. It's in the title okay. of the show. Awkward sex. Like we're talking about sex. I feel like we stumbled on a good thing. Okay, good. <laughs> and he goes, so in the aftermath of that, what does the toilet look like, sexy? It's gross as hell. Just a bunch of beefy bile <laughs> cleaning to the cold ceramic bowl. <laughs> Holy fuck. All caps. Yeah, man. Toilet art. Damn, I wish I saw a pic. Oh my god, he wanted a pic of it. He really I mean, wanted to be real. He I mean, he really I mean, we go on for a while. Uh, he goes, any anything I can do? Any other details for you, stud? Like I said, I like to choke on semen after indulging in my partner's kinks. That well, that's true. That part's true. Then I want to then I want you to slap me. That's not not true. Do you do you get up to the rim to do you get it up on the rim to from the blast? Yeah, I can't even reach to clean there. I'll do that all for you. Uh, yeah. So, it, oh, I just came gallons knowing that you did that. 
And then he sent me a dick pic, which was nice and introduced. And finally, then, then we introduce ourselves. He tells me his name. I tell him my name. (laughs) (laughs) I love this so much. I love this so much. And I wish that 15 year old Natalie knew this kink existed because I had a very bad diet in high school and my stomach gurgled all during class and I was very horrified by it and to know that someone would have wanted that would have just someone would have loved to have listened to that (sighs) just give me so much confidence (laughs) I love I love all this you know something I think that like straight people don't do enough of is sexting I have like a lot of especially straight guys that are like oh yeah I don't I never sexted Aaron hadn't sexted until I came in and I was like no 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 like I I fucking get off to sexting so much like this has to be a part of like our relationship but like I had a friend that was in a like long distance relationship for years and like they never sexted and I was like how like what did you do like the intimacy there like that like that what you just read was like very intimate like it's and it's hot yeah I mean I feel like one percent bad for sharing it but he'll never see this Uh, I'm not gonna like you know you send him a copy Uh, but it is interesting because he was genuinely just a nice guy he worked in IT totally average Joe. Like if you were walking down the street, you probably wouldn't look at him because he's kind of an invisible type, but he was so excited about the poop stuff that, that his reaction to it is what made me somewhat excited and interested. I I just really, I just love how like people think and like what makes people tick. And I'm really like, I'm like into that stuff, like in a nerdy way. Mm -hmm. So, so he was a fascinating specimen that came out of the blue um and 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 now he's since the date he's messaged me a few times and i was in palm springs uh one of the times and the other time i was genuinely working and and i was honest with him and that's what i was doing but i could tell he's like looking to come over and finish the talk and i don't i don't i definitely don't want to and and i think next time he reaches out i'll probably explain that in a nice way uh, because I am a fan of being forthright and honest. Um, but I I just, I also want to be respectful by going on a podcast and talking about it, I guess. I'm an idiot. <laughs> you didn't name names. like No, no, no. Of course not. No. Because I was going to ask, like, would you go on a second date knowing that this is something that he definitely wants to happen, like IRL? Uh, definitely not. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think this was this was also my first stranger one-on-one date so to speak at a restaurant like it was for me it was like exercising that muscle again Mm -hmm. too it was like earlier in may it was like okay i'm vaccinated and i've i'm reconnecting with all my friends because you know for the longest time and still this is true that i mean i definitely am more eager and more interested in hanging out with people i already know than meeting strangers right now like I don't care about strangers. This past year and a half told me I don't trust strangers. I don't want to talk to strangers at a grocery store. I don't want to talk to strangers in a train. Like I, so for me, the whole friends with benefits relationship really is having a a boom right now. But this was my first time I was like with a stranger doing that. So, uh, and then that, you know, that was it. That was enough for me to get that exercise in. And the rest of the month has just been amazing reconnective familiar sex with people who we've already seen each other naked we've already had dicks in each other's mouths like and it's been amazing it's been electrifying in some cases truly oh, amazing 
You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Anna Sheridan, missing for nearly six months now. I need you to find me. The Sheridans, a serialized horror mystery podcast. Stream the complete series today on Realm and on all podcasting platforms. What's like your favorite go-to when it comes to sex? Like what's your thing? Like position or, oh, well. Literally I mean, well, anything this, you feel comfortable this with. This is Okay, so this is widely known about me. It was even briefly mentioned on the reality show I was on 100 years ago. Um, but my nipples are really, truly wired in a way that I, I describe it as the flux capacitor, like from uh, Back to the Future. You know how it's like a three-point thing? There's like two points on top and then one point on the bottom and you plug it in and the car goes into 1985? Mm-hmm. That's literally how my tits feel. Uh, when you're doing fun shit to my titties and jacking off my dick at the same time, I literally, my eyes roll back in the head and I go into another planet and you, that's when you could, that's when you can take down Jeffrey Marks. Like I, (laughs) in my regular life, I'm a very brassy, bold, brazen gal and I always have defenses up and I'm, you know, marching through life. But boy, if you hit the flex capacitor, I, I can, you, you got me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so anytime that is incorporated is truly uh, the the dynamic uh, that I'm hoping for. And you, it's different. I can play with my own tits for a year and a half in my living room. It's just not quite the same, not the same as when someone else is doing it. So that has really been an A-plus situation this month. Oh, God. Uh, oh, my God. Same. Like, I don't know what it is because I don't think every like, yeah, like you said, like, I don't think everyone's are that that charged, but it'll feel like Anything done to my nipples will go directly to my clit. Like, and it's just like, what, what nerve is that? Like, what is, what's happening? And I have come from just like someone like sucking on them and like nothing else. Like it is yes. so erotic. I fucking love it. I didn't think that was possible. And me it's neither. happened to me twice. Yes. It's happened to me twice. <laughs> Do you remember that fucking terrible movie, uh, 40 Days and 40 Nights, where she like comes with the feather? Yes. I remember being like seeing that when I'm in my, in my teens being like, that's not possible. And now I'm like, now I get it. Now I understand <laughs> that was the most accurate thing in that movie. I mean, I could probably do that too with a with a 1996 Josh Hartnett <laughs> at the at the helm. Uh but yeah, no, I mean, and and what's fun is it if if my partner doesn't already know that about me, it's fun to see them discover that because it really it really tr- also triggers what I call the giggles. Like I'm a very Unsurprisingly, I'm a very vocal, laughing, funny, 
lay, so to speak. Uh, like I like laughter. It happens organically. It, I think when 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 we're void of laughter in a stressful time, also, and like it comes out in good sex as well. So I know that like this is an A plus experience if my tits are involved and I'm laughing and my partner is into it and is like, oh wait, you do different things when I touch you differently. What's that all about? Like they they can sometimes find that as like a fun little play toy because normal put together Jeffrey Marks becomes like, oh, I'm just your operation game. Is there a lot of um nipple play with like man with man porn like with like for me like man with lady lady with lady like there's just nips left and right in porn and sometimes that's like all i need to get off is just to see like someone doing stuff with boobs but i'd never thought about it (laughs) you know with like uh, a man and a man in a or man and man and man like in a, a porno yeah no especially i think uh this might not be true in all niches of gay porn, but definitely in bear stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely in like daddy, leather, pup, bear, all the anim- all the gay animals, all that porn definitely incorporates, is very aware of nipples and feet. Like they're very, that's, a, that's an area that gets incorporated a lot. Not usually in your like highbrow European twink stuff, but like... <laughs> uh, you know the but there there is definitely a genre that is very aware of the nipple extravaganza and and I think uh guys are very open to sharing that if that's part of their body some guys that's not a thing like their nipples are just like oh it's just like touching whatever mm-hmm. uh, like you're just touching my belly button or touching my elbow and to me my brain can't wrap my head around that sometimes I think everyone's nipples are wired and I go to play with their nipples and, and they're like, oh, that's cool. But actually, can you kiss my ear? So like, which is like, yeah. Oh, of course. Yes, of course. Not everyone's <laughs> the same. <laughs> ear is one that I've never understood. I'm not a fan of the ear stuff. I'm not a fan of like tongue in my ear, kissing, biting my ear. I mean, sometimes biting is cool, but I just really don't like it does literally nothing for me in a way that I know it does for other people. Yeah. Sometimes people slip that in and it becomes like a thing. And my, my instinct is, ooh, I don't like it. That's my instinct. Mm-hmm. I want to pull away. It's, there's a wetness that I don't love. Mm-hmm. But, but also, there have been times where I'm like, oh, my God, that is driving me crazy in a way that I'm not normally driven to feel crazy. Like, I'm used to my tits being like, you know, electric firework party 101. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not the case with the ear stuff. But there has been times where I'm like, oh, that's whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. But let's let's go back to what I, I'm used to. <laughs> <laughs> um, you also brought up feet. How do you feel about feet? I mine are way too sensitive. I'm not into it at all. I don't need okay, so he, uh, th- again, this is not to yuck on anyone's yum. If you're into feet, great. Uh I don't need them to be a part of my sexual experience. Mm-hmm. I don't need your foot. I don't need my foot. I also have I out of all the parts of my body that I I'm a pretty, you know, progressive, self-centered, very confident, handsome, fat person. And when people are like, would you change one thing about your body? Or what about your body don't you like? Uh, It's my old go-to answer is my feet. They are not the prettiest. I have somehow one of the the toenails on my right foot has turned sideways this past year and a half. I don't know how or why. It just decided to become like a halfway snaggle toe. And I just, I need to figure that out. Like, I feel 
there's like a little bit of a callus on each big toe. I'm not into it. I'm, it's the one area that I'm truly mildly self-conscious about. Same. I um, was an idiot in college and I did not wear shower shoes in the shower and now have had planner warts on my feet ever since. And that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they are yeah. they are um contagious. Like I feel like if you were to put that somewhere on your body, then you might get my plantar warts. And I apologize because they are stubborn and you might not ever yeah. get rid of it. I have two very small ones on one side of my foot right now that I'm just like, I'm gonna have to take care of those soon because they're just gonna get bigger and deeper. It's it's a whole thing. I yeah, no, gross, 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 not <laughs> I, and, and same, like, don't want to yuck your yum. I know there's totally a kink out there for that. But again, not my thing either. Just I like watching it in porn. Like, I think if there's like two hot guys and they're incorporating some foot stuff and they're into it and, and that's getting them all hot and bothered, that's not a turnoff for me. It's just when my own personal feet or my own personal face or have a foot in it, you know, stuff like that, that I, I don't need for my body. Absolutely. And like, I already feel like I give very like adequate hand jobs that I feel like a foot job would just be so bad by me. Like mm. I just, I wouldn't have like a good rhythm, but I don't know. I mean, maybe I just need practice, but also I don't really think that's Aaron thing as well. Aaron, I hope you're cool with me saying that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll run out and be like, Hey, I said this on the podcast. I'll be like, it's fine. Um, he lets me talk about everything. <laughs> just to let, just FYI. Um, oh, also Aaron said to, for me to give you his love that he misses you and hopes you're in New York one day. Send it back. I love Aaron. He was always such a great survivor player. Uh, Yeah. Um, I know I saw you were doing it. Well, first off, your Facebook is one of the only reasons why I still have a Facebook, to be quite honest. Like your statuses (laughs) got me through the pandemic in a way that no one else's did. Um, But I saw you're going to do another survivor in California. That's so exciting. Yeah, I am going to put one together sometime this summer. Um, I had retired from organizing them just because it's truly exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me, it, it really is just like, it's a fun experience for new people to meet new people or new people to meet new friends or enemies. And, and also it exercises like a producing muscle in terms of unscripted television for me too. That's good for me to uh, work. Um, but I had not done them in a while and I think I'm going to put together like a good one. I have a house pool now. I think we're going to incorporate uh-huh. some pool challenges, uh, and have a day where like everyone does not know everyone. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to bring that back this summer and do just like an all day long marathon game of survival. I fucking love that. Um, so you mentioned briefly, uh, when we started recording that you were on a reality show. Aaron has watched it. We were going to watch it in the pandemic, and I don't remember why we didn't. Um, I'm, it's, like, on my list. But uh-huh. what was that like? You're the only person I've had on the podcast that's been, like, on a reality show. And it was, like, the early, early age of, like, reality TV, too, right? Like, when it was, like, just starting? No. So it, it was, it was, it aired in 2012. It was the summer. Oh, that- I was so wrong. I thought it was, like, yeah, 2001. So, but I am a product of old school reality TV. Mm -hmm. So I have a very romanticized vision of of what reality TV means because my freshman year in high school is when real world started on MTV. And it was the first time I ever saw another gay person in media. I thought it was a cool way to make friends. I wanted to travel. I wanted to see New York City. Like that's where like that seed got planted. And, And so with that, for many years, I applied to be on different shows. I applied to be on Real World until I aged out. I got pretty close, actually. I went to some group interviews for Real World. Oh, shit. 
And then I, my new focus was Big Brother. I applied to Big Brother nine times, never got a phone call. I went to a in-person audition once. They cut the line off literally in front of me. And I went, oh, no, you did that to the wrong person. I've stood here for four hours. Someone's interviewing me. And the, the person behind the rope kind of laughed and went, okay, actually, we will. <laughs> but that's as far as I got. And then just magically and organically out of the blue, this other show, which was, which was sued by CBS. I mean, yeah, to ABC for being too similar to Big Brother. So it kind of, it was the experience I had been craving. I do not regret any of it. It was definitely a fun adventure I always wanted to do. I always wanted to put myself in a social situation that was also a game to see if I could come out on top. Um, and I just have the added benefit that no one remembers it. But I still get to work <laughs> behind the scenes now. Uh, it, I mean, that's how I worked, started working in casting is because of that experience that the people who worked in the casting department were like, well, if you ever need a job, I mean, you'd be great in casting. And turns out I needed a job. And so I moved cross country. That's what pulled me away from New York initially. Yeah. And you're great in casting. I'm fucking amazing in casting, you guys. I truly, truly am. I, I got to work on Real World a couple of years ago. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, they brought it back to Facebook. It was a weird format, uh, but it was still MTV and it was still Buna Murray, who are the grandfathers of reality TV. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a company and a group of people I really love working for. And it was a dream show of mine to put together, to interview people and, uh, you know, and pitch them and they all come out to finals. It was like, it was like truly like a, a full circle dream come true. And, and we, we got people and stories that really made a difference. I wish more people saw it. I wish it was on regular MTV. I wish it wasn't just like, you know, clickbait kind of feel, but it was really, the content was great. If you happen to catch it. <laughs> Do you know if they play it on MTV, um, like their app? No, you'd I, I think Facebook has like a, an MTV's real world page. And I think it's available through that somehow. And I'm sure those videos are still up. Uh, but it's not like you can't go on the app on MTV and watch it like you can other old seasons. Like the, the classic seasons are all available. Yeah. On there. Um, but, uh, but this new one that we did with Facebook is not immediately available. And one of my favorite casting people on there that I've ever put on television is on that season. She's a queer uh, Muslim woman and she like hairy armpits, body positivity. Like she's great. She's so good. She's one of my favorite people I've ever. Oh, damn. I know. Cause I'm on like the MTV, like Roku app or like on the phone app a lot looking at past seasons. So I'm sad that it's not ease more easily available. Cause it sounds like it's like a great season. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Uh, but you know, it's okay. It's such a, it's such a tried and true formula that I'm sure they'll bring it back and make it better at some point. I was hoping that during the whole Trump uh, uh, four years that there would be some sort of casting with that in mind, which we kind of did on that real world. Um, but I, I really think if you geared it towards whatever is going on in the background of society and you let that drive your casting, that that can be really interesting. Um, and, but also tricky and dangerous if you don't do it right, because then you, then you highlight the wrong voices and then you have Trump for president. So it, it's a, it becomes a really kind of tricky balance that if you're not one of the quote, good hearted people in television, which are hard to find, mm -hmm. um, then, then they're just doing it for the explosive exploitive stuff, which I don't think real world does obviously. But, um, but I do think there's there's good reality TV and there's bad reality TV. And I try to make the good stuff. I love that.
what is your um it's not sex related at all i just fucking love reality tv what's your like guilty pleasure <laughs> reality tv show mine is siesta key it is fucking awful it's awful <laughs> it's so bad and every week i'm like i must watch all of this yeah, I have not ever dove into that because that one that's one that like makes my brain go, oh, we're just copying the Bravo format with people that you genuinely do not care about. Mm-hmm. So I skip, my brain skips that one. Just like it skips any version of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. My brain skips over that. <laughs> uh, but my, my go-to answer for guilty pleasure is 100% Vanderpump Rules. I want to see drunk, hot, straight people in West Hollywood that is a gay mecca <laughs> doing their bar and serving their food and all their triumphs and tribulations and all their Botox and dog charities. Like I love the Vanderpump brand. I think she's a blight to West Hollywood on accident. I think she's heteronormatizing it on accident, but I still wouldn't, can't imagine West Hollywood without her. I have a very complicated relationship with Lisa Vanderpump uh, through my television. Not in real life. I was like, shit. I was like, do you know her? Do you know her dogs? Like, how did this happen? I mean, just uh, just as far as like a viewer on our couch. uh, But like, I love her, and but I hate what she's done to like the boys' town of LA. Is it's really definitely like bachelorette parties and straight girls who saw it on TV, and which is fine. There's a space for that, but like, if that's all it becomes. Uh, I sometimes get a little chip on my shoulder with the, with male, gay, queer, male identified gay and queer spaces being bachelorette partified. Uh, I get, I get, a, I get defensive about that. And I think she kind of contributes to that in an accidental way. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's totally fair. Like you don't want someone like co-opting the space. Like, and I mean, just even having bachelorette parties at Awkward Sex and City, they are a nightmare. They are loud and they are drunk <laughs> and they mean well. They really do mean well for the most part. But uh, being a bar back for four months, I can say anyone drunk, uh, no matter how nice you think you're being, you suck. Like we all suck. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it's not to say like there's, there's so we have, we live in a world now where there's so many different types of gay bars and queer bars and there's bars. You can take your family. There's bars. You can take a bachelorette party. There's a bar where I can take my mom. We, you know, there's a bar I can bring my straight girlfriends, my lesbian girlfriends. And then there's bars where literally, unless you identify as a man who likes men, you should not go in that bar. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, end of story. There's dirty, nasty stuff going on that is a positive for most of the people in this bar. And if you're not in into it, then you should not be there. I also sometimes, if, if it's a, like a male dominated bar space, that should be that. And if there's like a girl around, I feel like everyone is checking to see like, okay, well, who's the gay you're attached to? Who Gay, I want to see it. Raise your hands. Who are you? Okay. And can this person hang? I can feel it. Okay, they can hang here. Like if it's like a cool lesbian, like at an eagle, then like, yep, she's there with her girlfriend. She's having a beer. She's playing pool. Great. But if it's like, I'm a blonde woohoo girl and I just came to laugh and tee hee at at the line of guys going into the bathroom at the same time, like, ha ha, like, get out, get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm go, go back to Hamburger Mary's, see a drag show, tip the Queens. That's your place. One of my favorite, like first memories when I first moved to the city back in, um, when did I move? 2011. And I moved with my, uh, up with my best friend, one of my best friends from college who was not out in college and then would come out to me on my bed. Cause he was like, you're gonna, you're gonna walk into stuff. If I don't tell you. 
Um, we went to, do you remember Nowhere? Yes, love. It's one of my favorite bars in the world. Um, and so the first time, I feel like the first or second weekend, we like lived in the city and we found this bar. And we're from Virginia. So I'm in like some like very like, I look like I'm in a sorority, like strapless uh, mini dress. And he's in khakis and a polo. And the security guard was like, do you understand what type of bar this is? And we had to be like, oh, no, 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 no. Yes, yes. He's gay. He's gay. He's gay. And the guy was like, are you sure? <laughs> and it was one of those bars, though, where I was like, had to make sure I knew how to hang and not be like obnoxious. But of course, I'm also 23. So I probably was obnoxious the whole time. Um, but one of my favorite memories ever where they're just like, wait, just wait one second. Like, I need you to. Crocodile Lounge is right across the street. I think that's more your speed. Um, but I love that. I wonder, that reminds me of a quick little mini story. I was in New Orleans with a huge group of gays and then one of my very good girlfriends and her sister. And we went to a bar. Uh, I think it was the Rawhide is what it was named. Um, and they lit, And we knew going into it, this is like the hardcore dark corner sex club. And the bouncers made my girlfriend and her sister, literally there was a roped off area of like four chairs at the front of the bar and goes, women sit here. And she's like this hardcore feminist storyteller. I don't know if you know her, Melanie Hamlet. She's great. And she, oh, you would love her. And, um, and she just laughed. She got a beer and she laughed there for like, while we went in and explored for like 45 minutes or whatever. And she, to this day, thinks it's one of the funniest stories. She's like, I love that I got told to sit in a corner because I'm a woman. And she goes, but it did not bother me. And it made sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. And then we came out and we were like, okay, well we've had our fill of that. Let's, we, let's go next. Let's go to the nice, nicer bar now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's amazing. I've never been to new Orleans. It's actually somewhere I want to take the tour. Uh, Cause I just hear it's fucking great. Um, and- oh, it's, my favorite city to travel to. Really? Uh, we, yeah. Me and Aaron were going to go in April of 2020, and then we all know what happened. I, I don't know. Tell me that story. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm kidding. I'm actually pretending the pandemic never happened. Now that I'm now that I'm vaccinated, I'm trusting science, and everyone can do whatever they want, and I'm moving forward with my mental life. <laughs> have you been? Have you been in a crowded bar yet with no masks? Oh my God. Yes. Twice. And it was two different experiences. So it was in Palm Springs over Memorial Day weekend. The first time was the underwear party at a bar called the Tool Shed, which they've transformed their parking lot into this amazing lounge oasis. Like truly they, they did great work with making a comfortable, fun outdoor space, but it was so many people so overwhelming immediately. I walked in and made a beeline to the, there was an empty table. Like literally there was like a spotlight on an empty table in the farthest corner that called my name. And I went and sat there and I just was like, okay, okay. So we're, we're back. We're doing this. And I want to feel that way. But even I was a little like sidelined in that moment. But then flash forward to Sunday, only two days, three days later, there's another bar called the barracks in Palm Springs, which is truly like, armpit dungeon shirts off dance floor semen bathrooms piss like uh, everything nasty in gay world is at this bar and it's in the most glorious way and i walked in because you always walk up to a business with your mask on because you don't know what the rules are right now and honestly i'm afraid of getting yelled at everywhere i go (laughs) so i have my mask on and the bouncer was like 
oh, you don't have to wear your mask in here. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So I took it off because I'm like, that's literally all I need to hear right now. So great. Took it off, went around the corner, boom. Literally just like hundreds, hundreds of beefy, bare, maskless, shirtless, pantsless gentlemen. And I was way more into it three days later. Like I, the seal had been broken. I had that moment where I like sat in the back and like just chatted. And then this was the one where I was like, yep, we're going to, let's smell armpits. Let's buy drinks for each other. Let's make out. I ran into so many people I hadn't seen in forever just being there. Palm Springs was lit this past weekend, like crazy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. We went to our first crowded bar uh, last Saturday, Memorial Day weekend. And I was fun watching everyone have 10 minutes of being overwhelmed by it, where you're just like, what is happening? And I remember being like, am I having a panic attack? What is going on? Because it was a karaoke bar. So people are just like, you know not screaming, but like scream, uh, singing and just like having a blast. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hit you. I'm vaccinated. And so you felt like, okay. Cause you're like, all right, everyone's vaccinated. But the, the, um, the bouncer was like, are you vaccinated when you walk in? And you were like, yeah, do you want my card? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is like, how do you even police that stuff? So like, uh, and I, I, and I know this isn't very sexy, but I think let's spend a moment on it. So I, up until I got COVID the second time, I kind of, I was working, I was traveling a lot. I was going to states like Kansas, Alabama, Indiana, places where you would think you'd get COVID. Mm-hmm. I did not get COVID. I did all the right things. I did the hand sanitizer, the mask. I was very careful. I came home. Christmas sucked for everyone around the world. I parked it there for eight weeks. Somewhere during that adventure, uh, it, the virus walked right into my, my house and gave it to me at my kitchen counter. Uh, without any fault of their own. That's a whole separate story. But a a friend of ours that has been part of our world for the year and a half accidentally gave it to us. And so the hashtag stay at home forever or stay the fuck home to me does not ring true. I am not safer at home. I did all the right things and I was traveling and I came home and I got the COVID a second time, which truly I felt like I was dying a second time. So when we go, so now that we're vaccinated, now that we're like, okay, we did the right thing. We're getting vaccinated. And if there's this high efficacy, I can never say this word, efficiency rate of uh, efficacy, efficacy, anyway, uh, there's this huge high rate. Sure, there's always going to be holes in this. You know, that's what happens in a virus. But it's a very good protector. And even if you did get it, you're more likely to survive and go to the, you won't go to the hospital. You'll make it through because of these antibodies or whatever that's these uh, microchips that are now (laughs) in our bodies. And, um, and so I don't want to have the conversation with everyone over and over anymore about it. If, if you're out, my assumption is if you're out in the world now, you either are vaccinated and you trust the vaccination or you're not vaccinated and you're an idiot and nature will take care of it. And we'll see how that goes. So I don't want to have to show my card over and over. I don't want to have to, you know, I, I, I don't want, I was told this weekend, I was going to a pool party and they said proof of vaccination required. And I messaged the person with a photo of my vaccination card up my at my face. And I was like, does this work or do I have to physically bring it? Because I don't want to bring my nice card from my refrigerator door and bring it to a wet pool party. Yeah. Like, I want to keep it safe at home. So like, the, you know, how do you police that? Just uh, to me, I'm like, shut up. I don't want to talk about it. If you're, if you're vaccinated, great. If you're not, I don't care because I'm vaccinated. That's, that's the sense that goes to me. And I'm t- carrying that through to all my sexual encounters as well. 
I think that's fair. Like I was very in the beginning, I was like, everyone needs to stay home. This is horrifying. Um, and then as like we realized, like, oh, we can go outside. It is safe to be outside within a bubble. Like I was like, oh, everything like my like we're allowed to change our opinions when more information comes in. Of and course. it's like what you're saying, like we've now done everything that we possibly can to protect ourselves and like our bubble and our friends and family. So I do feel the same way. Well, it's still like jarring um, and confusing sometimes. And I'm like, sometimes I feel guilty. Again, we've just done everything that we possibly can up well, to this in, point. In, in researching past uh, pandemics, they last about two years. Mm-hmm. Ours, our, our timeline is about a year and a half. And in modern day America, I think that timeline makes sense. And we've all suffered enough and we've all done the, the our version of the right thing that I'm not going to continuously police everyone. I wasn't even into it from the beginning of policing everyone because you'll never get everyone to do the right thing or, or what you think is the right thing. And the right thing for you might not be the right thing for other people. And we have to keep that in mind. So I, I just am now that this is the dawn that we're in, this is the moment we're in. My thought is I, I am going to go full on ham normal and and if anyone has something to say about it, keep it to yourself. Go post it on your own Facebook. You know, like I just I can't I can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Even, I even and I had a pool party on the fifteenth. It was the first time that I invited like forty of my friends over. And in in the Facebook invite, I said, "I'm going to assume that you're vaccinated. Our house is vaccinated. Uh, if you're not, please don't come." But there will be no policing of the vaccination at this party. Uh, but this is just like a baby little starter party to get us in the mood to move forward. And honestly, it was about an hour and a half of everyone being weird, happy but weird. <laughs> we were all happy but weird. And then as that melted away, it became a cute little party. Everyone got to hang out. It was, you know, there was there was a sling in the back room, but no one used it. We were all just happy to see each other. We didn't even get sexy at that party, which is cute. And uh, <laughs> And it was just like a good beginning. So like that was another mid-month main marker for me was that. That's so great. So we've had a good like, you know, hour of talking. This is a great episode. But I do always ask my guests if there's anything they want to talk about before we wrap up. Oh, I did make a little list of things that were interesting this month. And there is one thing that I should briefly talk about. Yes, let's do it. So I have a couple. I have two. I'm. I'm sure some other people out there have used the phrase pandemic boyfriend. I have two, I have two pandemic boyfriends going on and, and neither of them I think are long-term real life boyfriends, but there's such an intimacy and connection in them that I find that a, a fascinating relationship that I'm sure other people are navigating mm-hmm. and like figuring out. Um, like one is a long-term friends with benefits guy uh, who uh, I identify as skater boy. He's a skater. And so uh, he um, he has come back in and out throughout the pandemic. And we have such a good chemistry that is so chill, so sexually gratifying. But, but is it, and we give each other the freedom to be like, I think you're cool. I think you're awesome. And it's not weird because I know he's going to go back to his life and I'm going to go back to my life. And so, like, that's really interesting. Wild. We had a wild Memorial Day in a pool. It was crazy. And then there's another guy who is much younger than me, um, but very sweet. And I'm kind of wrestling with the idea of, do I want 
another boyfriend who's much younger than me. I did that once and honestly, I kind of got burned and I'm not here for it again. Uh, but like, but maybe, you know, like, I don't know. It's just a very interesting time for those relationships that we cultivated throughout this uh, nightmare scape uh, this past year and a half. And now there's, now we're all moving in different directions and have different priorities and different responsibilities in different cities some in some cases and i think that's an interesting thing for us as people to experience and examine because it's something that it's a relationship that we have never had to manage like this before mm -hmm. we've never been in a pandemic and made close ties with other people and now move out of a pandemic so i think that is very interesting uh, absolutely and like you said we've never had to navigate that before and like i wonder what type of like pain comes from that now moving out of it when you said when you said like different priorities and like different cities maybe it'll be one of those like um maybe it'll be like your first love you know like you always remember that person knowing that like it's not gonna work still totally maybe it's like it's your first pandemic love because <laughs> we're probably gonna have another one. <laughs> oh god i hope not oh god well you know what i'll be prepared for it and you know what you'll never get me to stay at home for hashtag stay at home forever forever because of it you just won't. I mean, honestly, I, and I want to, and I, I always hesitate to mention this, but since I know we're finished, I think <laughs> what a weird way to end it, but I think it's important is I know I'm one degree separated from six different people who killed themselves because of staying at home forever over the mm. pandemic. And, and it's a topic we don't talk about. And it's something that we kind of skip over because there's a stigma there and it's, and it's sad and it's weird for us to think about. And I'm trying to say it in an upbeat way, but I think we have to, should this ever fucking happen again, we have to think of different middle road ways to stay safe while still not operating in absolutes because I don't think anyone did this right. Like nobody. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I think there's different ways to do it right. Should it happen a second time in our lifetime? Please God kill me before it comes back. <laughs> <laughs> It's just something to think about. I don't think whatever our perception of is of what was right was right for you. It wasn't always right for the other person, mm -hmm. and that's that's without the crazy Trumpers being involved. You know, like that's that that's a whole different type of thought process about it. But anyway, sorry to bring the party down no, right away. <laughs> I think it's I think it's oh my god, you should have heard my COVID episodes. My COVID solo episodes were like me crying into the microphone. Like the audience has stuck around for that. This is I think very like important to talk about because it's still not really talked about how much this is like fucked up people's mental health and how oh. much is like not been dealt with and being pushed to the side and I think that is really important because mm -hmm. like when in the winter me and Aaron were like so fucking scared we were going to get really depressed that we like force ourselves to go out for two hours every day in the winter because mm -hmm. it was like we just need the sun we need mm -hmm. something that's like not this apartment um yeah. and I think that's really you're right like People, people died not just from COVID during this. Like the more that we talk about it openly about like mental oh. health and 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 is mental illness the right word for it right now? Like depression, anxiety. I don't think that is the right word. I can't. I remember. don't think it is. You know, I think people are very quick to just say the words mental illness when someone's having a, an extreme emotional reaction to something. Mm -hmm. I think it's healthy when you're expressing it. I I am someone who literally since my life has been pegged as you're too emotional. You're too, you're too much. You're too emotional. 
sometimes that might be true, but it's not a mental illness because mm-hmm. you're tapped into your own feelings. It's not a mental illness because you're aware and making other people aware and making them feel like they're not alone in their own feelings. I think we're very quick to use the phrase mental illness on really just what amounts to extreme emotion sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But like the fact that that's not even okay to be like highly attuned to your emotions and openly talk about where you are is like the dumbest thing in the world to me. Like that's how I am. Like I am very like attuned with what I'm feeling emotionally and I can feel it very quickly because I would much rather feel everything no matter how painful it is um, to get to the other side because I know I'm not going to feel like this all the time. And the first time I actually dealt with actual depression and actual like anxiety, like didn't understand like what my body was feeling was when I had to deal was not dealing with the grief of like someone terrible in my family dying who I like hated. And so I had like a year of fucking actual like depression and anxiety and no clue what it was because I wasn't actually dealing with the emotion like in front of me. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm very happy you brought that up. I think that's very important to talk about. I wish I was more informed and spoke about it more eloquently but i think just even getting it out there on any any podcast any type of medium is very important yeah you know uh, i think we're quick to say don't let your emotions get the best of you but to me that they don't get the best of you they are the best of you Mm -hmm. i think emotions make a person and i think you can always keep them in check you can always be aware you can always you know rein them in but i don't i don't think we should label them as mental illness and i think we should be allowed to have emotion Absolutely. I fully agree. And I think that's the perfect end. Like you make like you are your emotions. They make you. That's great. I think that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm going to go fuck somebody right now. That is the perfect way to end this episode. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. This was Jeff. This is a great episode. I love it so much. Uh, is there anything that you would like me to plug in the intro outro? Oh, I mean, not really. I mean, m- follow me on Instagram. Uh, there you go. Jeff marks the spot. This is a great Insta. Okay. Awesome. All right. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. This will be out Wednesday. Oh, fun. This is fun. I'm glad we did it. Yes. I'm glad we stuck it in. And now I feel I'm, I'm awake and alive and it's 10 a.m. Usually I'm usually I'm nothing until at least 10. So now I'm an hour ahead of my mental. See, we're back in motion. We're back in motion. I love it. And thank you again for doing this so early on your end. Thank you so much. Of course. Of course. It was so fun to see you yes. again. Thank you. Yeah, have a good weekend. Wasn't that episode fucking great? It's just fucking great. Jeffrey is just such an amazing person that I'm so excited I got to meet while he was in New York City. And I can't wait to see him IRL, whether I'm in California or he's in New York. You're the best, Jeffrey. I hope you know that. Again, follow Jeffrey at Jeffrey Marks the Spot on Instagram, M-A-R-X. And y'all, I just... I hope you have a really good week. I hope you're feeling good. I hope you're feeling happy. And I will see you guys with more awkward sex next Wednesday. Talk soon, y'all.